Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine, and we hope you'll continue learning and sipping along with us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to season two of Wines We Drink. I'm so excited to be back on round two of this journey on discovering wine, becoming more comfortable with it for myself as a wine novice. And luckily, I'm joined by someone with far more skills in this department than me. Keith Arnett is back as well. Welcome, Keith. Thanks, Charlotte. Keith, we had so much fun on our first season exploring all sorts of wines from around the world. What can our listeners expect from our show in season two? Well, you're right. We're going to have a lot of fun with season two, I think. Uh, You know, as I said last year, when we opened our very first episode of this podcast, we named it Wines We Drink for a reason. We open bottles of wine I love, drink them, and then share with you and our listeners the joy we get from tasting these exceptional wines. Our listeners, you know, really enjoyed the reactions that we got from you last year and how your enthusiasm for the process came through. Uh, You know, your comments were always spot on. So I don't know about that novice comment that you opened (laughs) the show with today, but uh, we're going to take the same approach in season two. Uh, I'm going to treat you to some incredibly delicious wines, and we'll talk about them. Uh, Through our conversations, I hope our audience will learn about wines and come to appreciate these selections as much as I do. Wow. Well, that sounds fantastic. And yeah, I'm 100% on board for another summer of drinking the wonderful selections you bring to this program. I'm excited to learn about uh, some of the new varietals and to explore some new regions we're introducing this season. I mean, the audience and myself are in for a treat. Yeah, you know, uh, we took a lot of feedback from the audience that we got in season one. You know, we learned that our audience is younger than the wine market overall. And for many of our listeners, their their wine journey is just beginning. So, you know, so we took what we heard from our audience to heart. And when we were making the summer selections uh, for what we call this summer's case of episodes, you know, uh, we, we really wanted to pick some things that that I think represent excellent, excellent quality, but exceptional value as well. You know, we're going to be drinking five whites, including a sparkling wine. We're going to do a rosé, and um, uh, and then we're going to do five reds, I think. So, you know, we'll have uh, some really uh, nice uh, uh, selection across there. And, and of those, only two cost more than $30 a bottle. Uh, I've included a couple of indulgences. We're mm-hmm. going to be drinking a wonderful California sparkling wine that we'll use to celebrate the the midpoint of the season. And then we're going to do an incredible French red uh, that is a top 1% wine in the world that we'll use as our conclusion episode uh, in our in our last episode of the of the season. Yeah, that top 1% wine in the world is probably my favorite phrase that gets said uh, on this podcast. I think that sounds like a great plan. I can't wait to get started next week with our first bottle. Uh, But before that, we have a few things to tell our listeners that's new for us since our last episode we posted in mid-August of last year. Yes, uh, Charlotte, we have a lot of new things to talk about. And the first I'd like to introduce is our location where we're recording today. We're recording our first episode, and we'll be back here for our second and third episodes at the Tapped Wine Bar. Uh, It's a wonderful place that recently opened in our college town by our friends Todd and Angela Hurt. 
Uh, it's a combination of wines on tap. They offer 24 selections of wine by the glass. It's also a bottle shop. Um, you taste something you like by the glass, you can buy, the, buy it by the bottle and then take it home with you. Yeah, you introduced me to this place a few months ago, and it's become a favorite hangout, I would say. The ambience is low-key, it's chic, but it's not a pretentious place at all, which we know is important for me. Uh, I, it's all about discovering wines that you like and enjoying them among friends. It's, it's really great. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I was so excited when Angela and Todd invited us to record some of our episodes here. Uh, their approach is our approach on this podcast. We explore all sorts of wines and we find the ones we enjoy. And then, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, drinking wine is about finding that happiness in the bottle. Uh, no one should drink wines that they don't like just because you think you should like it, right? It's about that, ex that journey. It's about finding uh, the flavor that you like, <clears throat> the style of wine that you like, and, and, and drinking the wines that you want to enjoy without that pretentiousness around it. Yeah, that's been the best thing that I've learned through this entire experience. So it's really cool that Todd and Angela share that same mission. And we're excited to have Todd join us later in the episode to talk about his wine journey and his approach to selecting the wines that he and Angela offer here. Todd is a certified specialist of wine, a credential he's earned through the Society of Wine Educators. And I'm really eager to hear from him. Also speaking of credentials, Keith, you were busy in the month since our first season ended. Listeners, my co-host is now, drum roll, a certified wine sommelier. Congrats to you. Well, thank you, Charlotte. Uh, in the spirit of full transparency, our first season was part of the activities that uh, needed uh, that I needed to earn my uh, credential as a certified wine educator. And then I kept going with some additional training uh, through the Asia Pacific Wine and Spirit Institute. Uh, the founder and leader of that training organization, Dr. Clinton Lee, has been a personal inspiration. Uh, and I would encourage our listeners to go back and catch the, uh, the uh, episode that we did with him um, in the last episode of season one. He had a lot of great insights about wine and culture, um, and, uh, uh, and I'd give him a big shout out. Right, But I also want to give a big shout out to you. Uh, you've been my partner through this uh, wine journey over the last couple of years. And without you, this podcast wouldn't exist. And you were there for my sommelier training by helping me record several of the training videos. Uh, you've been such a supportive friend that, uh, that all of this is, 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 is done uh, with you uh, in mind. Oh, well, thank you so much, Shucks. I've really use these opportunities to expand my own wine horizons in a fun way. So you're the one who had to do with all of the studying and I was just absorbing all of your awesome knowledge. I mean, in season one, I really embraced the idea of learning that about wine and, and the fact that it can be casual and it can be fun. Uh, I think that's what we've heard from our listeners too about season one is that they sense how much fun we have drinking and talking about wine. And we certainly want to bring that to our listeners again this season with a whole new slate of wines we'll be drinking. Charlotte, I can't tell you enough about how excited I am over the wines we're featuring this season. Uh, the wines we're going to be drinking this year are amazing for all sorts of reasons. Uh, yes, they are all delicious, <laughs> right? Um, but our lineup also represents some remarkable stories in wine. Uh, some of it is from the from the histories of the wineries. Some of it is from the, the journeys of the winemaker. Um, but overall, they represent this new culture in winemaking that respects the land and emphasizes sustainability, 
Um, and, and it's this connection between history and the future, mm. right? We're finding some really great wines to present that, that are bridging that, that tradition of great wine, but, but ensuring that their wineries and ensuring that their varietals that we're going to be drinking, you know, have a future mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that point's so important important to our listeners. I mean, people care, consumers care about where their wine comes from, where the things that they're consuming comes from. And you mentioned earlier that our audience is younger than the overall wine market. They download our show because they want to learn about wines too. And the younger generation of wine consumers really care about how the wines they drink are made and who's making them. They want to be introduced to the wines that take sustainability seriously. Yes, I think our podcast and what we really want to do this season is to play an especially key role in, in helping reduce the mystery around wine for our younger uh, consumers. Uh, there was some data that I came across when we were putting together this season uh, from a group called Wine Intelligence, and it, and it put this age issue into some really stark terms. You know, if you go back and look at the data from 2010, of wine drinkers, I'm sorry, 28% of wine drinkers in the U.S. were in the 21 to 34 age group, and 32% were older than 55, okay? But if you fast forward 10 years later, uh, the most recent data uh, from 2020 was that wine consumers who are 21 to 34 years old had dropped to just 18% of the market, while those 55 and older had grown to 47% or nearly half of the market, right? Wow. I mean, that is such a crazy change. I mean, they tell us a lot about how the where the wine market is going and how the wine market is aging over the course of 10 years. I mean, I agree. We want to tell the stories that help explain to younger consumers that wine, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be accessible. And really, it's just about finding the wines you like to drink and enjoying them, right? I mean... <laughs> Uh, so I'm really excited to uh, to really dig into that 18% of the market, maybe move the needle a little bit <laughs> right. if we're ambitious. Right. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back. We'll be joined by our host for today's episode, uh, Todd Hurt, the proprietor at Tapped. We're going to talk with him, Keith and I, uh, about his wine journey and the decision, along with his wife, Angela, to open a wine bar in our quintessential little college town. Okay. Hello again, everyone. We're back from the break. We're joined by Todd Hurt, the proprietor of Tapped. Thanks so much for joining us on Wines We Drink. Thanks. We're excited to have you in. So let's get right into it. Down to business. Uh, Please explain for our listeners, what's the concept for Tapped? Angela and I wanted to create a space that you could come in and try wines before you buy them. How, How many times have you been on your way to someone's house for dinner and wanted to stop and buy a bottle of wine? And you have to rely on either the tasting notes on the shelf or someone behind the counter to help you pick something that you think they may like. In our situation, you could come in and you can try wine. If you like it, you can take that special bottle to your friend's house and go, I tried this, I really liked it, and I wanted to share it with you. I think that that's so great, especially for someone like me who doesn't have a lot of experience in the tasting department. But uh, So where did you and Angela get the idea? We saw a really cool place in New Orleans. It's called the Wine Institute of New Orleans, or Wino for short. Uh, And they had 128 bottles in their machines, in their dispensers. Um, And it was 
quite an amazing experience. We felt like kids in a candy store <laughs> and got to try an Opus One, about $400 bottle for wow. 20 bucks, and it was good. And then we tasted a bottle next to it that was $65 that we liked even better. And we thought, well, that's why we want to do this. <laughs> right. So at this point, you have 24, 24. on tap. That's how, right. how, are you going to get to 128 at some point? Well, we would, we would love to, Keith, but uh, it's it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a process. But we do hope to have another eight dispenser on by the football season. That's great. Uh, what's been the biggest surprise you've had about selling wines by the glass glass in this on tap self serve model? We just love to see the experience of the customer when they come in and they taste something and we're able to lead them to other experiences based on their reaction to it. You and I have both been down this path of some formal wine training, uh, but I think you and I both agree that that's not necessary for the average consumer. How do you get across to your customers that they can explore wine, you know, learn and learn to enjoy wine simply by drinking? Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of times we are trying to overcome uh, some preconceived concepts that they may have. Um, they may say that they only like sweet wine. And then we talk about where you pick up sense the sweetness in your mouth and you pick it up on the tip of your tongue. And so I would show them a wine that was sweet and then I would move them to something that's a little more dry and see what their reactions are. So. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be, um, uh, sophisticated. It, you just talk in terms that, uh, the customer uses, they tell us what they like and they don't like, and we're able to move them into an area that they do. Wow. You know, Keith and I were talking before the break about the aging wine market. Uh, does your establishment tend to attract a younger audience? I mean, we are in a college town, so maybe. We have a great mix of clients here. Um, they'll come in. Uh, a lot of the, the college seniors will come in uh, celebrating graduation. Uh, they'll be on their way to a uh, sorority social. But um, one of our neatest experiences has been seeing the college seniors um, bring in their parents for Parents Weekend. They're excited about it, and they want to share their experience with their parents. That's great. So you're constantly bringing in new selections, tasting new wines. Do you have an overarching concept behind the, uh, the wines that you serve here? Yeah, thanks for asking that, Keith. Um, what we like to do, uh, at least our current model, is we want to stick with uh, varietals, meaning a single grape uh, in a wine. Uh, so that people can come in and they can tell me, oh, I really like a Cabernet Sauvignon, and then I can introduce them to, say, a Cabernet Franc. Um, and I could explain to them that they're going to be similar in nature, uh, but the Cab Franc is actually the parent to Cab Sauv, so they're going to be like in some ways and different in others, and that I point out that they could pick up the black pepper finish on the Cab Franc, and I usually get a raised eyebrow at that, and they're like, hmm, I might like that. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. Um, Todd, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode as we're kicking off season two, and thank you for hosting us for today's episode and the next couple. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Charlotte and Keith. Enjoyed having y'all in. We're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few moments with my co-host Keith to wrap up today's conversation.
Okay, we're back for our final segment of today's first episode. Keith, please explain for our listeners what they can expect during our final segment in future episodes. Uh, Thanks, Charlotte. Uh, In season one, we got a lot of positive feedback from our listeners when we talked about pairing wine with food. So in season two, we're going to call the final segment of each episode the pairing period. And we'll expand on the cheeses and foods that would pair well with the wine we're drinking that day. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, folks, our listeners really weren't wrong. I enjoyed that aspect of season one, too. I think one of the big reasons we drink wine is to complement our food. So I'm really looking forward to digging deeper into food and wine pairings this season. Excellent. I'm looking forward (laughs) to talking you through some uh, great uh, cheese and wine combos. And then we'll talk about the actual dishes that would go along with that wine in a little more detail than we did in season one. Mm-mm. And that means we'll be eating. Well, that's <laughs> it for our first episode, though. In season two of our Summer Fun Project, if you're just now finding us, you can listen to all 12 episodes of season one wherever you find your podcasts. But join us next week when Keith takes us to the old world for a refreshing white wine, a Greek assertico. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Charlotte, and thanks to everybody for listening and looking forward to you joining us all season long. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and on Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers. <laughs>